So hello and welcome back to Communication Matters. My name is Laith and I'm speaking to you from Impact Skills Training based here in the UK. If you tuned in last week, you'll recall that we spoke about the first top eight tips as far as starting your meeting or presentations concerned. And there were eight different areas to consider in terms of the context and the content of your meeting and or presentation. Now that's last week, so that was the 18th of January, Monday. So if you want to go back and listen to that before we move on to this one, absolutely recommended. That was part one. Today, we're going to talk about part two of your greatest impact online. You know, the, the short, simple tips, tricks, tools and techniques for virtual meetings and presentations. So part two is all about your physical skills. And you might say to me, Leith, well, why would you need to worry about your physical skills when you're online? You know, people can perhaps see you, some people blank out the camera or don't even turn the camera on. Well, I'm here to suggest that actually your physical skills are not only important, but they're actually fundamental to the way that you communicate and communicate well. They're called your nonverbal skills. Why? Because obviously you're not talking, you're not speaking the, the physical skills if you're waving your arms or gesturing or making facial expressions, particularly on a meeting when somebody can't see you, as if you're on a phone call, for example, then they really do add to the way that you come across. So your physical skills, I would split into two different areas. One is what are your audience looking at? And two, what is your audience or what are your audience listening to? So in other words, how you look and how you sound are very important. And the way you come across by a combination of how you look and how you sound really does determine the perception your audience has of you. So let's dive straight into what is your audience looking at? In other words, how do you look to your audience? Well, if you recall from part one last week, we had the top eight tips. So I'm moving on now from, from number eight to number nine and how your audience looks from nine to 18. So there are nine tips here. So bear with me, but each one of them has an enormous amount of value. So number one, as it were, in audience and how your audience looks is, first of all, your eye contact. Now we all know eye contact's important. And we appreciate that actually when somebody's looking at us, it feels like they're talking directly to us. Online, that perception is different, of course, because it's perceived eye contact. And if you haven't been around for the last year or so, you'll, you'll probably won't appreciate this. But of course, everybody on this call, I'm sure, has had some kind of Zoom, Teams, Skype for Business kind of call, WebEx and so on, anything that involves a camera where people can see you, even on your mobile phone. So it could be WhatsApp, it could be any kind of screen sharing time that the vast majority of phone makers and apps have these days. So your perceived eye contact is really important. And my simple shortest tip for that is to look directly at the center of your lens not at the person on screen or at your keyboard. And if you're looking at a mobile phone, not at the picture, on the, the picture of the person on the phone, but into that tiny little dot that you can hardly see because it is a black lens on a black background in most cases with most phones. So it's really difficult to see. And the analogy I use, it's a bit like a black hole. You know, a black hole in space and cosmos sucks everything into it. Now, if you're on a call, 
it's almost the same analogy. If you don't connect with people and you don't have energy, that little lens, that cold, hard lens, also has the ability to suck all that energy out of you. So stay animated, but look at the lens. So from the other person's perspective, you're looking directly at them and therefore giving them eye contact. Number two is to avoid looking at your screen or keyboard, as I've already said. Number three, smile frequently. A sincere smile will honestly help you to connect with your audience. And there's all sorts of rationale and reasoning behind that. And you can look that up in your own time. But a smile really does disarm the other person. It makes whatever you have to say uh, more comfortable to listen to, you're accepted more, and it generally just makes the atmosphere a little bit easier and much more friendly. So smile, smile sincerely. Don't force a smile, but sincerely smile as if you are in the room with them and happy to be sharing this presentation and or meeting with them. The perceived eye contact is critical, as I said. So don't stare at the lens for 100% of the time. But look away from time to time as if you're going to write some notes or type something on the keyboard, but explain what you're doing. So if I'm on a call and I'm glancing at the lens probably 70, 80% of the time, if I do need to write some extended notes or have to type something, I wouldn't advise typing because of the clicking sound that it makes, but certainly writing with a pen, just jot some notes down. I would say something like, I'm just gonna take some notes to excuse the fact that I'm not looking at the lens. So the perceived eye contact is still very important. Use your hands, use your arms, use your gestures to support your message. So you can't see what I'm doing. But when I said support your message, I literally pushed my hands up in the air to support something as if I was carrying a box. So use your hands to support your message and what I call emphatic gestures. So don't just wave your arms around needlessly, but use them in a way that really do support whatever it is you're saying. Ensure that you are visible above the waist. So in other words, don't just have a headshot, a talking head, as it's known in the industry, because that's a little bit odd. It does feel like you're in people's personal space if all they see is this headshot. So use your head and shoulders and even as far down as your waist so people can see your torso and they can see that you're gesturing and gesturing appropriately according to what you're saying. And that's what I call framing. So make sure that the frame, wherever your head and shoulders is or are, is relative to the size of the screen. So if you are on screen, as it were, just your head, like a football in the screen, is too much. So pan back a little bit so they can see either your shoulders or your torso. And on top of that, it's better in terms of a little bit of space creation for you to be able to gesture without either hitting the microphone or hitting the laptop so you've got some space to move your arms and gestures uh, arms and hands the other thing that's often overlooked is to sit up now your parents your caregiver your grandparents probably told you this from when you were very young you know sit up straight at your table or sit up straight when you're eating dinner don't slouch so not this is not new but the number of people I see who are slouched in their chair looking, uh, you know, bored in a meeting that I'm not conducting, but just listening to is quite frightening. So sit up straight for a number of reasons. One, you can breathe better. 
You can reoxygenate your blood, which means you can think sharper and speak more clearly. So sit up straight, avoid slouching or leaning back or even rocking or making any kind of distracting movement in the chair when you're online on a Zoom or a Teams call. If possible, I would advocate and recommend that you stand. There are many products on the market now where you can stand and deliver, as it were. If you're on a Teams meeting or a Zoom meeting, standing just gives you that extra oomph, that extra power for you to be able to connect with your audience, look at what they're doing so they can see you as well in terms of perceived eye contact. It's a really powerful tool to be able to do that. And when you're standing, the same applies. Don't slouch or lean on something like a filing cabinet or against the wall. <laughs> stand on your own two legs and stand straight and avoid things like the usual suspects, hands in pockets or clutching your hands together or putting them on your waist or putting your hands behind your back. All of these sort of behaviors that distract and become a distraction from your key message. So that is how you look. The second part I'm going to move on to is how you sound. So in other words, what is your audience listening to? Well, it's really quite simple. There's a number of areas here which are key. So I'll rattle through them fairly quickly. But by all means, leave a comment or share if you think you've got something to say about this, because there are lots of different takes on this. But the basics are, if you can imagine your volume is on a scale of one to ten, I would recommend speaking at your level seven or eight. So, for example, if I'm speaking this loud, then it's probably too loud for you and it becomes a distraction. That's a level 10. But equally, though, if I'm speaking this low or this shallow, it's quite difficult for you to probably pick this up in the long run, particularly if you're listening to it with some background noise. So a comfortable seven or eight is roughly the volume I'm using now. Why? Because at a volume of seven or eight, the natural inflection comes out. And I'll come on to that on the next on the next couple of points. Next one is to avoid being monotonous. Monotone, unfortunately, means that you are or you will come across or your voice rather will come across as dull and boring. If you use an analogy or a metaphor as in Holland, which is a very flat country, you don't want your voice to be like Holland. Equally, you don't want to put in the wrong type of inflection wherever you think it might work best, because that's just ridiculous. And there are some newsreaders that do that. If you imagine that's the Alps and people are just throwing up peaks and troughs wherever they think it's appropriate, that doesn't work either. Go somewhere middling, somewhere like the Welsh hills, the, the Scottish highlands, where you've got some inflection in your voice, but it's not ludicrous. Your voice should be warm. Uh, it should be some, uh, it should have some intonation, some variety, and certainly should have some energy in the voice. The energy is infectious. And if you have an interesting voice to listen to, people are much more likely to listen to you and therefore your key message. So warm up your voice, use some vocal exercises, and then ensure you've got some inflection, intonation, and some variety and energy, and frankly, some enthusiasm in, in your voice. Next one, very important piece, is pausing. And no, that wasn't an accident. That was a very deliberate pause. Pause for two or three seconds when you've come to the end of a natural sentence. So if this information was written down, it was a bullet point, there was a comma, or there was a full stop, or a new paragraph, 
that's where you would naturally pause. So use the pauses effectively for a number of reasons. One, it helps you collect your thoughts and recall where you're going from that next point. It helps you breathe. It gives you an opportunity to breathe and reoxygenate your brain. And of course, think more clearly. For your audience, it helps them digest and process what you've just said before you move on to the next point. So pausing, very important. While you pause, I would highly recommend that you breathe, deep breathe, deep, uh, breathe deeply from your diaphragm and let all the ox oxygen flow in. The second, the, the penultimate point here is to use verbal signposting. By verbal signposting, the one that you typically hear is something like, but before we wrap up and before we summarize, I'd like to talk to you about this final point. Now that's a signpost to say that in five or six minutes time, we will be closing down this presentation for questions or discussion. So you're effectively creating a roadmap all the way through your presentation. So that's called verbal signposting, where you're telling them what's coming up next, but you don't actually tell them yet. And then when you get to that piece, you could tell them about something else that's coming up. So they've got something to look forward to. And since you've done your audience analysis, you know that's going to be of interest to them. So it piques their interest all the way through your presentation. And finally, what I call non-words. And non-words is not, no, is not non-verbal communication. Non-words are the things that do come out of your mouth. And they happen to be what I call fillers or non-words or close, closely related to fillers or non-words. So the typical ones, I'm sure you already know, are things like ums and ers and so on and so forth. The less obvious ones are words that do exist in the English dictionary, but become so overused that they become a filler or non-word in their own right. And those are the words that you'll hear all the time. Things like like you know, uh, sometimes it'll be words that are applicable to that particular presentation that have been repeated so often that the audience doesn't hear it anymore. But the classic ones are basically, you know, like, and so on and so forth. So avoid repetitive, non-important words and replace them with a pause and then move on to whatever it is you're saying next. So that was it on this podcast. Remember, this is a three-part series. The first one was about the content and context. That was episode 18 last week. This one was about your physical skills. In other words, what is your audience looking at and what is your audience listening to? In other words, how do you look and how do you sound to your audience? Next week, we'll be talking about the general area of online communications very briefly and then a focus on the technical setup. So if you are using just your laptop, camera, and microphone, are there alternatives which are very inexpensive that will have an exponential boost to the way you come across to your audience? But that's next week. So I hope you enjoyed this episode about your physical skills, how you look and how you sound. If you've got any comments, by all means, please share them. And please share the podcast if you think anybody could benefit from this. Thank you very much for listening. And I look forward to seeing you or speaking to you rather next week. Bye for now.